Oh, so much latency. Justin is a glowing orb. Like the sun. But working. Apparently. <laughs> You've been piped in. Hello. Successful piping. You can hear my nonsense. <laughs> I hear Good. your nonsense. Sweet. Loud and clear. I have it. The two-channel black hole is activated and working. <laughs> Mine too. My black hole's yes. gone great. <laughs> Glad to hear it. How are you this morning? Or audio hijacked and black hole. Yeah. Oh, yep. good. What's going on? Just good. Does it sound normal? No, not when you yelled into the microphone. It wasn't. No, no. But it's fine. <laughs> it's fine now. It's fine when you're not it yelling. Clipped like crazy. Oh shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I usually sit back a little further. Sounded like a Wookiee. <laughs> This is where the guy should have realized Justin's audio is too hot. Apologies. Oh, yeah, you can do that. Well, to start my day, I had people messaging saying they wanted to buy things, and Shopify wasn't letting them because they had an outage. That's the first time I've ever seen that before. Not the end of the world. At least they said something rather than just leaving and not, you know, coming back. Yeah, that's great. It's that immense demand for the pants. <laughs> oh, it's the, the hunger for pants these days. It slowed down a little bit. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I know. I don't know how to analyze. I, in some weird way, I feel like the performance I have to do is to keep posting about it so that people see it. But I don't think that's the case. You know, in this weird world of like, yeah, reels just disappear after three minutes. Nobody sees them again. So, <laughs> yeah. How about you? Instagram performance this last couple of weeks particularly terrible. Mm hmm. I don't know, it just seems to go through waves, but yeah, really, really low engagement. Yep. Maybe it's punishing me for being slack the last sort of month or so. I'd love to know. Wouldn't we all love to know how it works? Yeah. Were? But uh, yeah, my my videos bombed for the most part. Isn't that so encouraging? Like when you put effort and then... It would be better if it was just consistent than like this. It feels like a complete, what would you say, lottery? Right? We're just like throwing stuff at Totally, yeah. I, I say to Ricky sometimes, well, hopefully the uh, algorithm gods like this video because it just feels like sacrifices, you know? <laughs> exactly. Is it similar on YouTube? Man, YouTube is, more... is changing for the longest time. If you were just doing your standard like, video, you know, upload, non-short form video, it would be the same kind of trajectory. Yeah. My videos never hit of trending zeitgeist ever mm. so i never experienced that you get your a percentage of your normal viewers that have notifications on and then it would slowly trickle yeah. up over time you might hit a little wave that you know just a kind of a steady arc going up but now they're yep. doing something more similar every once in a while to like the short form where you put something there and it like spikes and you're like Ooh. oh man it's gonna go crazy and then it stops and plateaus but that's kind of like how every platform now feels like they they test you against all these people and then all of a sudden it's just dead i put a short up today on youtube of that that ruby tip run a shop probe saying yep. going in and out and it's like the worst shaky video of it it has 9.2 thousand views which is high for me on those and it just you know it goes up immediately to yeah. 8900 views and just <laughs> straight across flatline flatlines <laughs> no apparent reason uh, that's when it's easier to get suspicious those flat uh, yeah. lines. It's like, why did that? Why did that peak? It's for political reasons, obviously. Um. 
Yeah, I did a little experiment on my my little video from a couple of months ago of throwing aluminium parts in a cement mixer. <laughs> oh, that went well. On. Yeah. That went super well on Instagram. And then I kind of, I forget about TikTok most of the time. And then mm-hmm. I was like, oh, maybe I should, that went, went so well. I'll throw that up on TikTok. <laughs> Having not done anything on TikTok for months. And it went almost to the identical numbers. It was like, 370,000 views on Instagram and almost hit the same within a week on TikTok, but then it, they both plateaued <laughs> the same. <laughs> so Boy, weird. Really weird. No, it was kind of validating in a way of like, oh, okay, so maybe, you know, people are obviously genuinely interested in that video. Like it's working on both platforms. What about mm-hmm. that is engaging? Hey, nice parts department logo behind you. I just put those up today. Fresh? Yeah. Oh, I've been oh. thinking about making one of this. Yeah. You could like have it hanging down behind you, like off the ceiling. <laughs> or just have like floating graphics that come up on our screen. <laughs> we could put an advertiser spot right here. This episode brought to you by. Oh. Right in your hand. I probably need to move it. It's not the best spot. My head's usually right there. I guess I move my. Good. Credo over here. Probably can't read it all. Nope. Nope. Not on potato cam. Not on potato cam. No. Anniversary PS. What's that mean? What does this mean? Oh. <laughs> What's mean? It's the one year anniversary of the pencil sharpener arriving. Oh. I feel like we've had it way longer than that. But uh, yeah, my phone reminded me the other day. It's like it reminds me of your children's birthdays. It's like, oh, look, look what happened a year ago. <laughs> it reminds you of your your children's birthdays. <laughs> Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Mr. Sharpener. Happy birthday to you. And yeah, and I was just thinking kind of, I want to make a little video about it. I think I'm going to make a YouTube video about it. You should. YouTube. I should. But no, I was just thinking it's been a nice validation of like having committed to building a custom CNC machine, commissioning and building. It's like, yep, that was worth doing. Glad we did that. Mm -hmm. Because whilst it doesn't run flat out all day, every day, it has been a game changer for our process. Yeah. And just being able to really commit to that product line sell as much of it as we possibly can and still have room for production on that machine. So it's kind Definitely. of like the Swiss lathe of wood. timber dowel processing of wood. <laughs> Title option. A very, yeah, no, I had someone reach out last night with a yeah. photo of a Rima with a very entertaining English as the second language title on the packaging. They, they said I should send to you for education purposes. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Now I'm curious. Yeah. No, it's been good. That's, that's, yeah, it's exciting. I mean, those mm. kind of dates, like with the mill, I think it passed the summer of having it. And it just made me feel like I hadn't done nearly enough with it. And so, uh, mm. it, in a related note, yesterday I machined a pallet on the Pearson base. And it felt saw. so good. They like came out really nice, like did a really so slow nice. single direction like facing with like a small end mill so it had to fit in all these little spaces. Yeah, but it's right. the same consistent finish all the way across. It like has a little iridescence to it and um 
I'm sure it's not as smooth as sunny. other people could make it, but it's got all the fixturing on it and the Whoa. fixturing works. Feels Fantastic. great. Yeah, it feels really nice. I love that photo of your your face with the reflection in it. Was that? There's all point. <laughs> Thought to send you the first version of that because I, you know, like when you turn your phone on and it's like on zoom three instead of one. Well, like it was like like this of me. It was hilarious. No. Oh, that happened to me too yesterday. I got some video lights in the mail yesterday. I saw those. I finally bought some video lights and I was setting them up and just testing with a couple of just phone selfies. And just the, yeah, the crisp fidelity of like having these two lights. Amazing. But yeah, the palette looks fantastic. Yeah, thanks. So that just vacuums onto the Pearson base. It does whatever the heck it does when you pull that thing up and the pins come in and then you put it down, you push the thing. It's some reverse yeah. airflow vacuum. I don't know is what it's, it's called. Vacuum? Or is it it's kind of spring? It is vacuum, right? There's vacuum created to like, suck the pins in, but they're spring loaded. So it's it's normally closed. Uh, and so you need the airflow to it would lock up. I thought about taking it off. So that's one thing I haven't done yet is I need to like find the right grommet to go through the side of the machine so it doesn't like, you know, chafe constantly on metal. So I've got it going yeah, through yeah, the door yeah. right now. <laughs> it's like <laughs> underneath, it's like I'm, I'm powering my tent with a wire going through the, the door. Not dodgy at all, but it, you can run it with the airline off completely, right? Isn't I'm that the pretty point? certain. I think I've seen Pearson do yeah. that before, but I was also concerned, like, what happens if coolant and chips get inside the the end of it? So I just left it uh, yeah. on for now. Yeah. And it, it was a little vibrate out on the edges, which is what expected. I don't know the machine that well, but I could feel a slight difference. And for mm. what we're going to do... It's all real light cutting on that mach on that pallet. It's so large anyway. It's like basically taking off less than a millimeter on the sides and then facing parts and yeah, drilling. Right. So I'm not concerned and had assured me that it was going to be totally fine for that kind of thing. So Frodo, <laughs> <laughs> that was the first one. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> look at my face. <laughs> look, look, look at deep, deep in my eyes. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, that's exciting. What's the feedstock for that pellet? What do you feed it? Feed it, I see. Aluminum. It's like 5 eighths, so 0.625 inch thick stock that's by 2 inches wide. And then we can change the lengths, obviously, to... Because there's three different sizes of base right now. So they're pretty okay. sweet in that they can take three different sizes all in one row. And then if you're doing the smallest version, the two two by yeah. wide, I can put multiple in each row, and they index with pins. And if you got in, yeah, where's the indexing on those? Uh, I don't know those, if I posted any photos. Yeah, you can see there's kind of like parts in the middle of the. Yeah, yeah. The only the only one in the row. The thing I think I'm going to add still is like, I don't know if I'll do outlines, but I'm going to I'm going to engrave where. Op one is op two, so it's just like dead simple to like understand. Basically, you can yeah, look at so it and and load it without training. It's my goal, and not have to know where the Love cam it. is and all that. Yeah, it's it's really satisfying to engrave in metal. It's probably one of my favorite things about the mill so far. It's just like super crisp, easy to do. Mm, cool. What's that? 
that lean expression, poker, poker yogi. It sounds like we've, <laughs> we've westernized that a bit. <laughs> I don't know what that is, but I know what you mean. Hokey oak, yeah. <laughs> Hokey oak. Mistake proofing. Ah, yes. There it is. I always love that example. I think Thunder's made that cool little Pokio inspired 3D printed thing for like packing bolts, the right number of bolts and washers into bags. Like you had to fill out the little card with the hardware and they each had a little hole and then it had a pour on the bottom. You just kind of tipped the whole thing into a bag and it meant that you could kind of visually. Oh, well, I don't know if I saw that one. You had uh, <laughs> inserted all the correct hardware before you tipped it into the bag. That's very cool. I love that stuff. Yeah, yeah, me too. Especially when, like, I mean, the goal here is that Ricky would be able to help do, you know, just change cycles out without really needing a full Mm. training on, you know, how everything works. And I'd say one of the most satisfying parts about using that base so far is, like, I got past trusting, like, that, that mill, that video I had of the probe measuring the pin is, like, yeah, it was within three tenths which I think is honestly probably the measurement of my probes. Probably not that accurate. So I measured the pin, which is what they suggest. You set that to G59, and then everything else after that yeah. is theoretically good if you model it right. So I was real nervous about that at first, but made sure that my models were accurate, not like inset into the base and all that. And then after that, what's great is you just leave it there, and as long as your, your cam is right, then it's dead on. And it repeats when you put it back on and you can move it between machines that way, which is super cool. If I had more than one machine. Yeah. Is it a different thing to Pearson's vacuum work holding? Or is it the same Pearson stuff, right? Just couldn't you put like thin, thinish stock on that base and just have it... The same device? You, you buy a separate pallet, and it has an inlet, I think, in the side for that same quarter-inch okay. push-in uh, connector. And so then your base uses yeah. air, and then that uses air, and it sucks through the top. That's my understanding, which I, okay. I'm almost cool. certain we will do because it's so convenient that I don't ever... This is exactly what he wants. they want us to say, right? I'll probably never take that thing off the machine now because unless know, right? it yeah. absolutely requires it, like, I haven't figured out how to put the vice yet on. I, I understand that I'm going to put it on a pallet, <laughs> but I don't know how to mount it to the pallet yet. Like, bolts, but then into Do the aluminum. Like, can you, couldn't you, like, turn one of the Pearson pallets into, like, a little fixture plate and then use something like yeah. the Saunders, yep. what are they called? The yeah, yep, yep, mod cool vice. little low-profile mod vice. Probably. That'd I have. Rad. I probably should sell one of these vices, but I have two Kurt vices that are four to $500 and I just want to like stop oh, putting wow. money on fixturing. <laughs> so I want to at least figure out how to do it, I guess. And then yeah, after sure. that, fair enough. maybe optimize after that a little bit more. But I think what's going to be really great is being able to like, I thought about this the other day, using a pallet and like tapping the side of it. So you could put on like stops that, could hold like a first stop to the side of the pallet, like on top, but like squeeze it mm. from the outside. Yeah. And then you could use the top of the pallet for like a mod vice or something if it was, you know, larger than 
that palette or something. I don't know. Just making it more flexible because uh. even even so, like the example of right now, I have a twelve by eighteen palette. What I use for the the bases that I'm going to make for the ATC pedestal, it's giant, barely fits on the table, and I the bottom is super sharp. So I I, I probably need to get a back chamfer. But if I want to flip it over and like chamfer the back side, I have no way to hold it at all currently. So yeah, I, yeah. I don't really know how to go. I mean, it's kind of a weird edge case, but no, oh, you're just making me want a mill really bad do it gem just buy a mill nobody will know it's pretty fun it's slow for me anyway <laughs> mm. we've me. got i'm really intrigued we've got this client at the moment they convert classic land land rovers to electric drive here oh and they've got cool. this wonderful brand like they just do these immaculate conversions, jaunt motors. You should look up their stuff. They do an amazing job. Anyway, we've been doing some aluminium machining for them on and off, oh. for like some battery yeah. box prototypes, and we just, just machined a bunch of like dash vents and like little things that they then, you know, get finished and powder coated and put in their vehicles. But I'm really intrigued that a company in Melbourne doing beautiful vehicle restoration work is employing a plywood specialist in central Victoria, an hour and a half away, mm -hmm. to machine aluminium on their router. Yep, I'm like, yep. what? what? Where's the gap? Like, how big are they buying milk? Why are we getting this work? You're either like, too I, cheap I or the only one that'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, definitely don't think we're too cheap, but. Uh, how big are the parts? They vary. Like the battery box parts, quite big parts. Probably have to be done on a router unless you've got a really big mill. Because yep. we cut from a like a full, you know, four by eight sheet about twelve mil half inch aluminium. Yep, yep. But you know, the parts we were just doing mm, yesterday were little, you know, little dashboard. Yeah, bits and bobs. But also thin sheet stock. So maybe vacuum vacuum router table setup is more appropriate than a mill. I don't know. Yeah, probably. I my Maybe guess is we used to get there was a a bit there where getting like kind of big piece aluminum quotes like all the time, and yeah. I kind of realized that I think we were. I don't know if they were doing a lot of analytics on their side, but we were just showing up for those kind of searches, and most machine shops don't have a way to cut something that's like mill. If you look at the the lineup of. Haas mills, right? They're very often like huge X travel, potentially like 40 inches Man. by like 15 inches deep. So, like, they, there's like no Y travel in most mills. But I think as soon as you get into yeah. like, plus, you know, saying that is one thing. Even if you have all the travel, you have to figure out how to hold it down still. <laughs> so, like, we have that magic yeah. sauce with the vacuum tables that. <laughs> really makes it easy and if you're not like looking for supreme accuracy then it works yeah but and i think i would guess like yeah well they, they like that you're done the other parts well and they don't have to go source another place to to get yeah. it done for the smaller parts you know yeah 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 i've said yeah we certainly can't offer supreme accuracy like i think five hundredths what can we do like I would never, like typically to a client, I would say we can't go offer more than sort of point zero point one mil tolerance, which is 
I don't know what that is in. No, but the machine's probably well, doing yeah. half of that. Jesus, that's yeah, that's tight. Uh, so that's three point nine tenths, point zero 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 three nine. That's really small for us. We uh, we give mostly because we don't feel like we can accurately even measure it. We don't give more yeah. than like what would it be point. Yeah, more like point five mil. I would say is more like what we usually give for especially like just most things because most of the time people don't need it and if they really do then it affects you know how we might quote it and anyway mm. <laughs> anyway if it means i don't know yeah it's good it's a good thing yeah it's been great work too for john to get his teeth into and get comfortable with aluminium it's been yeah an added benefit of getting those jobs is it's yeah great exercise for him to wrap mm-hmm. his head around all of that yeah that different process been cool oh kind of tangentially related to aluminum yeah. and the mill and routers i had never done any slotting on the mill before i just terrified i was just like oh, i'm definitely gonna break tools like all of my thoughts and knowledge was like always do some type of you know nibbling on the sides head ham operations make a space, you know, adaptives. And so yesterday I, I was like, this is stupid. I was going to do these little slots like back and forth. And it was like 45 <laughs> minutes of machining. It was so, it was like, you know, 400 wide or something. And I had a 375 tool. So it was just going to go. And so I asked on Discord and they're like, oh yeah, you can slot that. No problem. And so like I slotted like 300 deep across the thing, super slow. And it was just like so easy. I don't know why I was so concerned. <laughs> it just felt wrong coming from, you know, routing when it's so easy. Yeah, I slot. Whenever I cut aluminium, I always just use this one quarter inch tool. Mm-hmm. An Onsrud cutter, which I love. But yeah, we slot five mil deep in that. What's that? Yeah. Nice, deep, aggressive slotting. That's According... Great to like Nick who is answering my questions where you, where you look for the trouble is like if it can't evacuate chips which makes total sense yeah, like if exactly. you bury it so far that it can't get the heat out then yeah I don't know yeah makes sense I'd, I'd never had like a rule yeah. in my head it was just like don't do it in metal you know yeah <laughs> cool our next two items conflict with each other so I wrote upsell and cross marketing apps <laughs> Because I added this little app to our NAC shop when I relaunched the calendars this year called Assortion. Yeah. It's a free, kind of like frequently bought together, and you can do other stuff with it, but it's like uh, it'll yeah. supposedly automatically give suggestions. But from the start of selling, it's it's calculated that we've had an additional, I mean, these numbers are small, but this shop is small, right? It says it's calculated yep. 400 extra dollars in revenue on like $1,200 we've had at sales of those calendars this year so far. So that's super rare. People don't usually, they usually buy a calendar and just like check out. That's it. So they've been adding mm. almost like doubling their carts through this silly little free app. Wow. So I just thought that was worth bringing up because supposedly the click-through rate on this 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 little app, 17.5%, which seems wow. really okay. high. Link, please. Yeah. <laughs> this is not a shop of not a Shopify store though, is it? No, it is. Yeah, that's I was always on Shopify. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll put a link. That one's Shopify. Okay. Yes, link, please. 
Yeah. Yeah, for free. I mean, Give it's, me it's, it's coffee time. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Can't help myself. No, no, buttons. I've We've seen what they do this week. Yeah, but there's other versions. I have a paid version for the CNC shop, which I may get rid of, okay. but it seems like it might have a better potential. Yeah, we need to. It's been on our list to add something like that to our store. And I know Jay has looked into it a little bit, and I can't remember what the issue was, but it was difficult for some reason. But they, they I'll both, check that out. They both, I had to do a little custom styling with the assortion one, but the other one, like, adopts your site's, okay. like, styling capabilities. I'll put a link to that too, but it's kind of impressive how well that worked. I think it's just called Frequently Bought Together. Cool. It's converted awesome. two sales for $190 on the paid one. Hmm. Great. I figured it'd be good for you. Yeah, for Mike. How many things you have it going would on? Be good for me. You're now 350 variants. Good. <laughs> My counter to that is I'm just, I'm really bored of the cell right now. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I really enjoy making videos, so I just need to knuckle down and sort of embrace that and take pleasure in doing that. But. At the same time, I'm, yeah, I'm tiring of the sense of pushing content down people's throats. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, we need those sales to run a business. So, yeah. How is that corresponding with the success of those things? Those efforts? What do you mean? You said your videos weren't oh, doing yeah, as well. I do you think it. that relates or is it just like a general thing? Oh, no, totally. Yeah, no, of course it relates. Yeah, yeah. When web sales are slow and response to content is slow, then yes, that it has an effect on my enthusiasm. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. But more sort of in in the broader sense of like, I'm spending a lot of my week now either making content, editing content, or like in the back end of Google Analytics and Google Ads. <laughs> poking around, looking at reports and numbers. Fun. And, fun. And, and then I get to the end of the week, and I'm like, I, I just spent like days doing that. I could have just been making new things. Like I could have been making fun stuff that's genuinely, you know, engaging me, but also that that's what excites our audience too, is when we're in that sort of fun R&D product development oh mode God, and sharing yeah. that. Or like, why am I spending my time reading marketing reports when I could just be doing that mm-hmm. organic fun stuff that's good for me too. So yeah, bit torn. Yeah. yeah. We'll see. I just need to be patient. I'm very fickle with this stuff and I, I my enthusiasm ebbs and flows I'm the on same an way. hourly basis. So I just need to, yeah, try and stick to something for longer than a week and <laughs> see where yeah. it goes. It kind of reminds me of that book that Alex had recommended that I ended up finishing listening to the I can't remember I'll oh, put yeah, a link the boss that. the boss how the boss survived his own business or something it's about this woodworking right. company yep. that it's like 30 years old in like 2010 I did look them up they are still around which is interesting but it got pretty repetitive I would say but similar to like the E-Myth or other books like that it's probably just great to hear 
other people going through stuff you've done or you're trying to do or, or wanting to do, like in the case of, I think Alex brought it up for sales related things because we were talking about that here and it ended up yeah. talking a lot about sales and the burn rate of this company, it was just absurd back then, right? Like That's it was like a hundred thousand dollars, like up, I swear, like a month, I forget the exact numbers, but he's constantly going through how much money they're burning and like how many days they have and you know what to do about certain salespeople, and they end up hiring a consultant for sales which really helps them and some of the tactics mm -hmm. that they use then so i wouldn't say it reinvigorated me but it did help me think about how to potentially hire a salesperson a little bit differently than yeah i cool. would have thought of no, previously great i'm definitely need to read that Think yeah you've me. it's pretty easy i would like oh. listen to it and like do other things often yeah, I'm a I'm a fan of audiobooks. That's all I can find time for these days. <laughs> same, same. <laughs> Put it in my ears. Yeah. Oh, although the guy, yeah. I will I will pre warn you. The narrator is not the author, and he says CNC like a damn robot. He's like CNC, and I'm like, it's no, that's not how you say it. <laughs> Stop it's that one word. <laughs> See, and maybe like if you're reading a normal sentence, then he just got stops and goes like, "How do I say that again?" C N C. Classic. Good. I have a recap of last weekend. Ricky and I prepared and finally did this Maker's Market. I think I probably mentioned it to oh, you. Cool. I think after we were finished last week, but we just kind of knew it wasn't going to be like the best thing for us. But we're like, we'll probably sell some calendars. We just gotten those ready. I had, you know, a decent amount of stuff. We brought the knack wall and set it up and just wanted to get like info and feedback and kind of decided the best route with that would be if people wanted custom versions of it, we could probably take that on easier than <laughs> to try to make it ready for purchase. And so we had quite a few people interested yeah. to talk about it. I had a guy that was really interested in putting it across his entire two-story loft wall. <laughs> I was like, let's go. Awesome. <laughs> let's try that. Let's so, go. They would take information and then speaking of that sales book that we, you know, I was just talking about, I, I realized about two thirds of the way through the show, I was like, I should be taking their information, not letting them contact me, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Failed at that. But <laughs> I'll, the real, I'll call you. Yeah, right. The real deal breaker situation, the real <laughs> sad situations, we sold $35 worth of product in six <laughs> hours and I was we were both so frustrated by the end of like people would come by and look at it and these are cool look at the calendars and they just keep going and I I've said this here before but I don't know that I'll ever do one of those again like I just Aaron says you know my business doesn't fit well in them I think she's probably right because it's just like hands down a terrible showing for us every time we do it so I don't know I figured I'd tell my losses here <laughs> yeah i mean if it leads to other custom work then it's maybe it'll work out but that was always that was always my issue with doing those sorts of events is that we could just never tell you know, had great conversations you know potentially got some really great leads but it was impossible to tell like in the months that followed, yep. what, you know, how did that convert and was it worth it? Because it definitely was never worth it on the day. Um, but maybe it was in the, in, you know, we grew really fast in those early days when we were doing that sort of stuff. I think we grew, like we doubled 
in revenue every year for like the first five years or something. Like it was just this mad, exhausting trajectory. And that was the time when we were doing all that sort of stuff. Like, yeah, so maybe yeah. it was part of that early success. I don't know. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that was mm. my only hope. There's two things that happened that was redeeming was, well, I would say two redeeming things. One, you know, realization was I'm probably never doing this again. Like it, you know, we lost uh, money for sure. And it's just exhausting. Like you do so much effort, you know, tear, set up, take down, worked extra time to make it happen, you know, but the two things that were great is somebody local came up that has a different type of CNC machine. It was like, Hey, I follow you on, on the CNC Instagram. We would really like a dust boot for our machine. And it's one we wanted to try to expand into hopefully. So we're going to work with them on making that work. I guess, I don't know why I'm hiding it, but they have a Laguna and they seem to be pretty popular yeah. here and they have these ridiculous actuators, but it should prove um. to be fairly easy to adopt. And they have, I think only behind your 50 mil port version, <laughs> it may be one of the worst <laughs> ones I've seen. Okay, cool. I mean, everybody, all the machines are just bad. It seems like at dust collection. So that's good for us because <laughs> we can keep fixing them. <laughs> <laughs> but great. so that was really positive. Yeah. We've already emailed about that and I just need to dig into that at some point. And then the other thing, Ricky and I just kind of chatted a lot of the time about like product ideas and new things. So that was fun. And we, the hell was I going to say? The, yeah, but you know, realized we could potentially do some custom knackwall crickets. Yeah. <laughs> crickets. Couldn't find the button fast enough. I think it's this one. There you go. Mm. Mm-hmm. I like the I like mm-hmm. the feedback in there too. That was nice. Yeah, I think it's like one of those bug zapper. Oh, bug yeah. zappers. <laughs> I love your last question there. What are you willfully ignoring? <laughs> That's chatting with Joe about something else, Just, and that kind of came up between us. And I was like, oh, I'm going to ask Jem that this week because there's some stuff Mm. I'm ignoring for sure. I wonder what Jem's ignoring. (laughs) I don't know. If you'd asked me that a few months ago, I would have had an answer that was not suitable for the podcast. But I feel like I'm getting better in that respect. Mm, Good. Found a little bit more. A boring answer. I know. Sorry. No, (laughs) I found more. managed to find more reflection time. I'm not saying I'm not ignoring anything. <laughs> I just can't think of anything right now. I've managed to find more reflective time in my schedule, I think, as I've come off the tools. And so, yeah, I kind of, I'm more on top of not ignoring stuff by just being busy mm-hmm. for 100% of the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's nice. Or, yeah. What about you? I oh, have to come back to that question. Yeah, for sure. My recurring problems like that are usually more like decision making and personal kind of like quandaries of like wanting to do the right thing with like somebody asking a question, but it's like, I don't know, potentially revealing of like a process that I don't want to like, you know, or a tool that's key kind of like a, not necessarily a trade secret but just like something that you know i'm pretty open about most things but you know there's a there's a line or something and so there's just a couple conversations that have happened you know in the 
past couple months that I'm just like, I don't really, and I don't, I don't know how to respond typically to them. It's like, how do I say, I don't want to tell you this, you know, like that's too far. Yeah, so there's, yeah, there's some of that. Too. There's yeah, nothing crazy trying to handle, you know, launching new products. There's just, I don't know if you find this, but it feels like there's always a bunch of things you don't expect. And then dealing with trying to make it right for the customer, but not like going broke in the process. <laughs> you know, just small problems that need to replace. We've had dust boots that one ex kind of tore apart. And I'm pretty certain that it's like had to have been like the duck got caught and just yanked real hard potentially because we've crushed them and it takes a ton of force. I mean, I'm not saying we're, they're perfect by any means. Just, just, you know, yeah, hard stuff yeah. to deal with that you're like, I don't want, I, you know, I want to work yeah. on the new thing and not like try to solve these, these problems that are kind of open-ended. Like there's no like de definite way to mm. solve them. Yeah. That's the, what's that expression? Please hold listeners while Jim thinks of the word. No, it's gone. Yeah. Something I'm willfully ignoring, like consciously ignoring at the moment is that I'm supposed to be out of direct, out of the sales process. I'm mm. supposed to be overseeing sales. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, I'm responsible for it, but I'm not supposed to be doing it. Yeah, um, oh, interesting. I'm holding my, I'm holding my best and favorite client very close to my chest, oh, and yeah. not letting them go, because I just really enjoy working with them, and I yeah. love the you know our weekly chat, now design meetings, and I'm not ready to give that up. And you know, it's a three or four, four or five year relationship at this point. And yeah. I'm at one, on one level, I'm scared of handing it over because mm -hmm. I don't want it to be damaged. Mm -hmm. And on another level, I just really enjoy it. So yeah, I'm consciously ignoring that and just hanging on to it. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I'm not sure what to do about that, but. Interesting you say that. I'm not going to say that I believe this to be a hundred percent true, but. The sales consultant in that book, who was always talking, the owner of the business kind of corrected or like pushed the owner strongly that like he didn't know what all the sales leads and processes were at the time, even though he was the sales manager, because he was moving himself yep. out of sales, even though he was the best salesperson. So relatable to us, right? He was just saying, it's crazy. You can't not know all of these processes, all these jobs, and they didn't really have a CRM set up, so that didn't help. But I don't know if I believe, I don't know. I don't know enough about sales. I personally want to be like, all right, hands up. You know, like if somebody yeah. else comes in, I don't want to have to constantly be thinking about every job um, like that anyway. That could be just, once again, bad sales tactics by Justin. The book I'll write someday. <laughs> <laughs> No, I don't want to think about every job either. And it's been wonderful not having to, but yeah, I'm just hanging on to this, this one. And I know like I've got direct feedback from my team that that's, it's a problem for them. Like, cause there's still too much, they're big jobs. Mm -hmm. They're very meaty jobs that we get through this relationship, but there's still too many little details in my head. And so I, like, I'm trying to really get better at ensuring that I've dumped everything out. But there's always little things because I've had, you know, hours of conversation leading up to winning this job, you know, sitting with the client in Fusion, designing little de de fun details and yeah. And then when it actually gets to production, there's, you know, then it presents problems for the production yeah. team and for everyone. So, yeah, I'm just trying to improve that. For sure. Um, 
get it out of my head. So this whole transition over the last 12 months has really just been an exercise of getting stuff out of my head. That's what it's about. Yeah. I mean, in both regards of getting stuff out of your head, as well as like, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking of scenarios where like, we don't really have a ton of repeat clients at the moment, but there's a couple over time that I can imagine not being super excited if I went, all right, now new employee X is taking over working with you because they just get used to working with somebody and they don't want to you know, work with somebody else yeah. or they don't know all that I know, right? And so the answers aren't as fast or complete or, you know, they have to like ask somebody else. So it's, it's hard to imagine it ever of really backing out of all that completely, which, you know, maybe that's just always how it'll be. Mm. Yeah. Sales. 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 Just B, C. A, always B, B, C, closing. Always be closing. <laughs> always be nulling. <laughs> that's your version <laughs> whenever Erin comes into the shop she'll like Ricky is very good at like organizing stuff but Erin will get bored and she just like was organizing I got her the one time when we're working in our cabinets she was organizing the empty tool holder cases in the drawer we just throw them yeah. all in that one spot and they're just you know if you need to find it you gotta dig she was like numerically organizing them so you could find them again. And I was like, it's kind, of, <laughs> kind of crazy, but also brilliant at the same time. So it like take way less time if you had it in three different bins. Awesome. Yes. Mm -hmm. What's on for you now? I have some family coming to visit this afternoon. It's the thing that I've been talking about with a couple of friends, how we're all three small business owners and we related that all of our spouses have said something of the same where it's like we're the person that never stops thinking about work and business and on the outside that always comes across as like I don't know if it's selfish but it's hard for the other people around you to like be a part of that sometimes why don't why do you not yeah. want to talk about anything besides your business I'm excited to see this this family that's coming but I'm also thinking like I just want to make pedestals like let me go play in my <laughs> new room you know it's like all I can think about which I think is part of what makes you good at you know, accomplishing something when you do what we do, but it's also hard to just, for me to just go, all right, now I'm going to sit and go have dinner and like not also be thinking about something, you know, focusing on them. I have such a yeah. hard time with that, like disconnecting from the pr the projects I'm working on. Yeah, that's super hard. I, uh, yeah, I can definitely relate to that. Yeah. <laughs> definitely. Yeah. yeah. It'll be good. We're going to stay in the little cabin on the mountain, which is kind of fun. Yeah. What's you, what are you up to? Hmm. I've got a video to edit today mm. and our collab with Never Too Small, the YouTube channel, <laughs> think they're dropping their end of all the promotion today. Yep. So fingers crossed we'll get some sales off the back of that because web sales have been super slow the last few weeks. Yeah. And yeah, tying up some loose ends towards the end of the week. Yeah. Should be a good day. Yeah, it's fun. And my little cubby. Ben's going overseas next week, so mm. bunch of handovers to do with him and just yeah, make sure everything's in order before he exits the building. And that's good. Cool. Mm -hmm. That's it. See you next week. See ya. Awesome. Bye. Come on. Bye. Exactly the same sound. <laughs> it's the same sound. 
you conveniently exact. save them all down for <laughs> a whole me. Whole other chain of Dropbox, yeah. <laughs> so, yep. Have a good night. Have a good night. Have a good night. God, that was weird.